Blog Talk Radio. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by Solar City, your source for clean, sustainable energy. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, your host. Coming up, the winner of the grand prize in the fourth annual Guitar Center Singer-Songwriter Competition. So stay tuned. This is going to be lots of fun, and she's very, very interesting. This is Patrick O'Heffernan, your host on Juicy Friday Live, and today's interviews were pre-recorded because the artist could not be with us live today. Joe Fleming, he's in segment two. He's actually in Australia, and he was in Australia when I talked with him Wednesday. And Lenita Smith is in her classroom right now, so we talked on Monday. So you can still email your questions to our artist. Email your questions and your comments to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com, and we will forward them to the bands. Well, some of you may have followed the trail of the trial involving the children of Marvin Gaye and, of course, their um, litigation with Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams over the question of did those two rip the music off of Marvin Gaye's Got to Give It Up with their song Blurred Lines. Well, what many people don't know is that the litigation was actually started by Thicke and Williams when they sued the gay children, demanding that the gay children not sue over their possible copying of the music. Well, according to the lawyer for the gay children, none of this would have happened if Thick and, and Williams had not tried to bully the children into giving up any rights to sue in advance. Well, to me, you know, that kind of suits a problem to start with. I mean, why else would you do that if there was no copyright infringement involved? Well, anyway... The, the judge and the jury have already had a say on that one. But um, when they were in trial, I don't think it helped much when I believe it was Farrell said, yes, we may have copied, but don't find us liable because there's not a perfect match. And I don't think that was a great move. But actually, what I'm concerned about is there's much more at stake here because, you know, as anybody in the arts knows, particularly music, art is derivative. There are, so, there are only so many ideas, there are only so many notes, there are only so many chords, there are only so many rhythms. It's how you put them together in your own unique way that is real art, not where you got them from. Now, of course, if you copy them note for note or chord for chord or word for word, I mean, that's copying. But it's a, it's a finite universe, and everybody picks and chooses within that universe and assembles in their own wonderful way. That's what's inspiration. Well, because of this verdict, artists are going to be much more careful, if not about their inspiration, at least about talking about their inspiration. And it's going to be especially difficult for artists who want to create an homage to earlier artists. It used to be completely acceptable, and in fact, a common practice for artists to do this, to include maybe a bar or two from a, from a song from somebody else in a song they're now doing, as a way to show their appreciation for their inspiration. 
Well, we're going to see about that. I don't know if we're going to see a lot more about that, actually. Um, I hope that the unintended consequence of the verdict of that trial is not a suppression of honest creativity. But, you know, when you get lawyers involved, well, what is it Shakespeare said about lawyers? Anyway, we have to take a break now. And when we come back, a woman whose songs and whose voice are one of a kind, the winner of this year's Garage Center writing competition, Lenita Smith. She's going to join us in just a minute. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, host of Music Friday Live, and I want to welcome all of our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and all their radio affiliates. Many of you may not know, if you're listening to us here on Blog Talk Radio, that this signal is actually retransmitted by CyberStationUSA to radio stations on the East Coast and and also a few of them in the Northwest. It's not heard at the same time. It's heard a little bit later, sometimes much later. But there are a lot of people out there who hear Music Friday live. Also, you know, you can download us as a podcast, too. So if you can't be here when we are live, we're on iTunes. Or you can download us directly from blogtalkradio.com. Or you can sign up for our RSS feed, so that way you don't miss anything. So there's lots of different ways to listen to us. You can also listen to us on Stitcher. But you can listen to us on Blog Talk Radio. You can listen to us on one of the CyberStation USA radio stations. You can listen to us on Stitcher. You can also download a podcast, so you can't really get away from us. And if you have questions or comments for our guests, you can, you can email us, even if you're listening to us on a podcast and even if they're pre-recorded like today's. So email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And like I said, if you're listening to Music Friday Live on a podcast, Email your questions for our guests. We will forward your questions to them so they can reply directly to you. Unless you tell us differently, we'll mask your email address so you don't wind up on a music on a uh, mailing list that you know you didn't know you were going to be on. Okay, we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, Lenita Smith. Lenita Smith moved to Los Angeles from Memphis last July to teach music at a local school. Earlier that year, she had entered the Guitar Center Singer-Songwriter Competition along with 16,000 other artists, many of whom were professionals with albums, gigs, concerts, and tours under their belts. As she started her new job, found a place to live in a very expensive city, and began to navigate L.A.'s complex freeways and music industry, the Guitar Center entry was probably not her first concern. To say she was stunned to learn that she had been chosen as one of the five finalists was also probably an understatement. At the competition finals last week, she was the last to sing, almost disappearing behind the grand piano at the Troubadour Club in Hollywood. But she was the one who touched everyone's heart, including the heart of the competition's judge, legendary producer Don Waz, who declared her the winner. We are very fortunate that Lenita is able to be with us today. Lenita, welcome to Music Friday. Hi. 
<laughs> well, Lolita, I was there right in front at the edge of the stage watching you play and sing. But afterwards, you were so surrounded by family and friends and musicians that we didn't get a chance to talk. So first of all, just thank you for taking your lunch break to be with us today. I really appreciate that. No problem. Thank you for having me. Well, tell me something. As you listen to the other singers, and some of the other singers, you know, Cat McDowell, who's got a huge fan base in Japan and the U.S. and albums out, were you nervous, or did you think, I got this? Um, first off, I, I'll say this. Um, with any competition or just anything, period, as an artist, I'm always nervous. Um, and that just kind of put more on me just to know how talented the group was um, and having to just go against them. It was just like, wow, everybody's talented in their own way. Well, this was not your first time on stage, however, though, with heavy hitters. Now, I understand you've played with Isaac Hayes and Little Rounds and Aaron Neville. Um, did those help prepare you for the Guitar Center Finals? Yes, um, I'm one of those believers that I feel like everything that you do in life, um, each pathway that you take uh, prepares you for different obstacles that are to come. You just learn from each experience. So I would definitely say prepare me for that moment, um, being at the Troubadour, being able to perform my own music. Normally I'm playing for somebody because, as you can see, I play the piano, so I'm normally the musician. So being able to come from behind just the piano and able to perform. Um, that was a whole new light for me. Well, you said you play the piano. Obviously, I want you to do it. Uh, you also play the violin, the saxophone, and the guitar. But it seems like the piano is your favorite. Is that also your favorite tool for songwriting? Yes, most definitely. I, I love the piano. I've been playing forever. <laughs> Do you actually sit down at the piano and work things out? Yes, um, most definitely. Uh, that's that's my go-to um, with anything as far as songwriting, um, figuring out parts, melodies. I, I'm definitely a piano girl. Well, now you started your music career sitting next to a piano player at church, and I assume that you learn by ear. Have, have you also had professional training? Yes, I actually um, really did not learn how to read music until I got to college, which is crazy. I went all these years, um, and I actually went to a performing arts school as well, but I actually really did not learn how to read music until, like I said, when I got to college. So pretty much all my life I went just playing by ear until someone, you know, said me now, said, hey, this is the right way to do this. <laughs> Who was it that that uh, sat you down and told you that? Um, my professor, his name was um, Lawrence Edwards. He was just one of those hard teachers that was like, "You're not going to fake the funk. You, you know, you're talented, but it's more to um, to being just talented. You know, you need to learn what you're doing." And um, he was hard. He was hard on me, but at the end, you know, I can truly say he's one of those people. It really paid off because now, you know, I'm able to put both together versus doing just one thing. Well, I, I would say it, it certainly paid off, right? Well, I, I don't want to tease our audience anymore. I want to let them hear a little bit of the song that won the grand prize. 
which incidentally, for those of you out there who haven't followed the Guitar uh, Center Singer-Songwriter Contest, the grand prize is $25,000 cash, a spot on the Jimmy Kimmel Show, a production session with Don Waz, mentoring by Kobe Calais, and a truckload of music equipment to go along with the truckload of music equipment that you won as a finalist. So it's uh, it's quite a prize. Now, the, the song that, that won was this one. This is Listen to Your Heart. Do you think of me when you're feeling blue? Listen to your heartbeat. Are you scared to love me? Have you found somebody I love your creamy voice and your your songwriting and that. Now you were saying that um, we're, you're early in your career, and it really is an honor for you to come out and tell people uh, who you are and that they're interested. You wanted, what, what was that feeling that that you had at uh, uh, at the Troubadour that night? Um, is this? It was just that feeling. Of, you know, it was an honor. Number one, to be able to share your music with the world and then to have the world just actually want to hear more of you and let alone, you know, make it to the top five where, you know, you're able to um, perform in front of people, especially being me, not being able to do that often. Um, You know, I'm really at the beginning of my journey as far as the artist part goes. And to be able to do that, like, it was was just an honor because so many times, like, artists have, have to hide behind the music and not truly be themselves to, but to have the opportunity to just show people who you are or who I am, which is Lanita, you know, that was like the greatest feeling in the world and not having to be somebody else that people want you to be. Um, I was just truly grateful for that opportunity. And then, like, I just felt like what a way to start, you know, your journey. It it certainly is. And, and, uh, you started that, if I recall, you introduced that song at the Troubadour by talking about the loss of your mother. Is uh, is, is that song, was that song about your mother? Um, if this is Listen to Your Heartbeat, this is actually the, that's, um, the first one I did. The second one, Paralyzed, was actually the one that was about my mom. Um, uh-huh. and it, yeah, so that one okay. was actually, Paralyzed was about my mom. And of course, uh, paralyzed is not out yet, so uh, we can't play it here. But uh, um, right. hopefully, we're going to have an opportunity uh, to do that. Uh, now, I happen to be in line um, 
behind your sister and your niece. Um, and they told me, and, and they're really wonderful people. We had a great conversation while we were waiting to get into the Troubadour. They told me that this was their first visit to a big city, and it was a little overwhelming, which happens occasionally <laughs> to those of us who are natives of Los Angeles, too. Now, how right. has settling into Los Angeles been? Has this been an easy transition for you? Um, it's had it's had its ups and downs, I would say. Um, but overall, I would say it's been a great transition. It's actually, um, in my opinion, the best decision I could have ever made to transition here. Um, and you hear a lot of stories about musicians or or artists coming out here and how hard it is for them. But, you know, I um, just happened to be one of the lucky ones uh, and that it didn't fall out of place like that. Everything happened um, and everything more so fell into place for me, like being able to land a good job at the school um, and then still being able to do music at the same time. So I would definitely say it was the best move I could have ever made. Uh, well, tell us about the job at the school. You, you teach music, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. Um, I teach at a middle school called Kip Academy of Opportunity. I teach um, fifth through eighth grade. Um, the kids, uh, I offer, well, I've actually started building a program here. Um, so fifth and sixth grade have the general music. Once you get to seventh, eighth grade, it's um, based on a choice. So right now they have a choice of whether they want to do drumline or choir. And each year um, what we're planning to do is just expand it from there. So, you know, it's just one of those things I'm able to give back to kids. Um, they they inspire me more than they think I inspire them. That's the funny part to me. Um, but <laughs> definitely it's, it's a great school. Well, well, tell me a little bit about that, because I'm a former uh, teacher myself, and my students always taught me things. How do your students inspire you? Even, like, just with this contest alone, um, I, I first I told them about it um, and told family and what it required and, you know, how many shares and likes you had to have. And I'm always pushing my students, like, we have this thing to go beyond disease. And um, which means, you know, you're pushing past your limits. Whatever you think you can do, you can actually go further. And I'm going to push you just that much further. And I always tell them when I'm in class, like, you know, everything that I give you is challenging. I know it may seem hard and sometimes that you're not going to get to the goal, but that's I see past what you can see in the beginning. I see the bigger picture. And the reason why I say they started to inspire me is because it got to the point when they started to go beyond the Z and the things like I've seen these kids make the impossible possible, things that people said they couldn't do, I've seen them do it. Um, and it's crazy because, like, I, I work in more um, more so the lower income areas of L.A. And to see kids who don't have a lot and even coming to the school where they did not have a real music program and to turn it around and find the talent and then watch them do a completely – turn around just in behavior, all of the above, it inspires me to, it makes me feel like, hey, um, you can do this and, you know, you don't have to quit. And then to watch my kids too at school, like even when I entered into the Guitar Center contest, like Miss Smith, hey, you can do this. Um, you tell us all the time, we can do it, you can do it. And then to walk down the hallways and kids are singing your song or saying, hey, Miss Smith, can you teach me how to write? 
just to do just a little thing, like that has truly inspired me and, and lets me know my work ethic is not in vain. Well, I have a feeling that in a few years, some of those kids are going to be here on this radio show talking about their first albums. I can believe it because they're a talented bunch. Okay. Well, speaking of talented, where can people see you live? Now, I understand you played in a few local venues. Do you have any dates set where people can see how talented you are live? Yes, um, I actually have a date. Um, I'm actually performing at Wits Inn um, in Venice. I actually pretty much I uh, I perform there quite frequently. Um, my next date for there is actually um, April the 18th at 8.30. Um, I'll be there, That's if I'm not mistaken, is that a Friday or a Saturday? Saturday. So I'll definitely be there. Um, please come out. Enjoy yourself. Um, it's always a fun time. I love, that's like one of my favorite venues to actually perform at. Um, and I've been performing there a whole lot since I've actually moved to L.A., but that's like one of the most um I think one of the closest dates that I have coming up, aside from things that I'm doing with the Guitar Center. So definitely, if you can, please come out and support. I would love to see you. Okay, that's April 18th at Wits End. And um, actually, uh, listeners to this program know that I'm I'm at Wits End a lot. Uh, it's on Venice Boulevard, just uh, right next to Palms Avenue. Get there early, too because uh, it's on Saturday nights it fills up. Um, I think you can actually reserve tables on Saturday nights now. I have to check with my friend Lori there, who's who's the booker. But uh, that's uh, April 18th. She's on at 8.30 at the Wits Inn, and it is a wonderful listening room, and they also support uh, rising uh, musicians, and you're probably going to see me there too. Well, I know that um, a lot of other people have recorded your songs, Jessica Ray, for instance, so do you see yourself primarily as a songwriter or is singing your own songs, has that always been your goal and now you're doing it? Um, I would say both kind of have always went hand in hand. It's just one um, avenue was like working out quicker than the other one. So it was like, you know, I'm not going to put one on the back burner for the other one. So it was just more so one was moving a lot slower than the other one, if that makes sense. And so I always, um, I just became this writer that was like, okay, well, I'll write for you and I'll write for this person. So that's that's what I continued to do until I was able to actually showcase Lanita versus showcasing this talent, which, you know, I, I've never had a problem with that because I love writing. That's, that's a true passion of mine. This is um, singing is a passion of mine and playing. So I would definitely say it go hand in hand. Uh, well, of course, uh, singing uh, in front of a, a crowd re- requires that you put yourself out. It takes a, a little bit of courage, too, and uh, obviously you have it. Now, speaking of singing, there's another song of yours I want to play. This is uh, uh, this song shifts from the piano to the guitar, and it gets a little more intimate and uh, personal. This is I Love You. Stand here and look in the mirror I see a reflection appear of The person that I once knew and used to be It's two o'clock in the morning And your words are still running through my head The last thing you said to me before you left 
You said, I love you and I trust you and I don't want nobody else. I need you and I want you and I gotta have you to myself. I love you, I trust you, I don't want nobody else. I need you and I want you and I gotta have you to myself. Ticking. Good work coming. I've got a lot to say because I think you're cheating. Because your girl approached me yesterday. She told me she was with you the other day. She said you are Now that, that, that sounds like a, a, a different Lenita. A um, little more, a little higher tempo, slightly uh, higher pitched voice. You're using the guitar. Is is that just sort of a sample of your range, or do you do lots of different kinds of things? You're not always on the piano, right? Um, I I guess I can say I'm kind of a daredevil. Uh, sometimes just so, so many things going on in my head. I, to be honest, you never know what I'm going to actually lay down until we actually get in the studio. But that just happened to be one of those things where I was just like, hey, I want to go in. I want to do it this style. And it's funny that um, about that song, the funny thing is I kept playing it on piano and did not like it. And so somehow um, it it was switched to guitar, which to me was the better tone for it. Um, And that's pretty much how you got that right there. Um, As far as high pitch, uh, I don't know. Like I told you, I get on the piano all the time to try to figure out melodies and different things of that nature and harmony. So it just came about that way. Well, speaking of recording, uh, you have a recording session coming up with Don Waz. Now, will that song be on the recording? Possibly. um, We're still in the process now of just um, figuring out what's best for the project. And, you know, just Don just being the genius that he, he is. So, um, I, I really trust that, you know, everything that he chooses and his opinion for everything, he's going to make the right decision. So I'm just, you know, sitting back being patient and just enjoying the ride for that. <laughs> That's pretty good, having your, your first album produced by the legendary Don Waz. Now, you're also going to get right. a little bit of mentoring from Colby. Uh, what do you want to learn from her besides how to sell a million records? Um. Just her mindset when she's writing, like, I I think she's an incredible writer um, and performer as well. Like, just to get, like, her viewpoint on that aspect, um, especially in her career and where she is and how she feels, like, you know, as just a genuine writer, um, what are her thoughts about that? You know, where's her starting point? Um, how does she develop some of the concepts that she comes up with, just a heart-to-heart, like writer-to-writer? Um, and then also, how do you separate that from Kobe, um, the performer? Because, you know, you have the writing side of it, but then you have her as the performer, too. So I just feel like, you know, it's it's a lot in common there, but at the same time, just trying to be, you know, um, where she is and, and following in behind like someone like that footsteps, you know, it's incredible just to have that, that moment where I'm going to be able to actually ask some of these questions um, and just see her viewpoint. So I'm very, very 
excited just to be able to speak with her on um, that and also how to just develop my writing um, to be a better writer um, and grow from that because I'm one of the um, few people in the world, maybe many people in the world feel like that. I feel like in anything that you do, you always have room to grow. Um, and so just finding out how can I grow, how can I make myself better as I continue on my journey. Well, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that meeting, and maybe we'll ask you about it when we have you back on the show. We are out <laughs> of time, unfortunately, so we will have you back on the show because we got a lot more things to talk about. But in the meantime, um, where do where should people go to follow you and also to hear your music? Um, you can definitely go to my website, www.lanitasmith.com or Instagram, um, lsmith underscore music with a K, M-U-S-I-K. Or you can look me up on Facebook at um, Lanita Smith or Lanita Smith Music also with a K. Um, please go like my page. Um, you can find me on YouTube. Just type in Lanita Smith. Please let me know. Um, if you like the music, definitely share a comment. I would love to hear from you. Okay. All right. Lenita, you have been a wonderful guest, and I can hardly wait for the release of that first album. And when you have the release date, let us know. We'll have you back on Music Friday Live. And in the meantime, as you get more live dates, also let us know. We'll be sure our audience hears about them. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Lenita Smith, winner of the Guitar Center Singer-Songwriter 4th Annual Competition. You can hear her music on SoundCloud and also on her website, www.lanitasmith.com. We're back at Music Friday Live. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, your host at Music Friday Live, and our next guest will be joining us by Skype from Brisbane, Australia. But first, an important word from our sponsor, Solar City. Solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because of the upfront cost. Well, with Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront costs on approved credit. That's right. Solar City will come out, they'll install a solar system on your home for free, and you only pay for the power you use, just like you do from the utility company. But you buy a lot less of it because the sun's making it for you, as much as half in some cases. Solar City pays for the system, it insures the system, and it maintains the system. All you have to do is enjoy the saving. So if you've been ready for solar, but solar hasn't been quite ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. Now, how do you find out? Well, I'm going to give you a phone number. You knew that. The phone number is 909-618-6937. That's 909 909- 618-6937, and you tell whoever you talk to there that I sent you, that Music Friday Live sent you, and you will get a discount on your order. Well, Joe Fleming, our next guest, is not only Skyping in from Brisbane, Australia, but he plays lead guitar for one of the down-under continent's hottest and best-looking young bands, Collect. As an extra treat, we're going to be previewing the band's new EP, Silhouette, right here on Music Friday for the first time on Radio Anywhere. Joe Fleming is a lead guitarist for Calais, a tight five-piece alt-rock group from Brisbane with a big sound that has won awards and hearts down under, and I think it's poised to do the same right here in the United States. Their newest EP, Silhouette, is set for release next month as the follow-up to their brilliant single, Time and Space, 
and we get to hear samples from the man himself. Joe, welcome to Music Friday Live. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, I understand you have some of your mates there with you. So who's who's there with you? Yeah, we have uh, Will, our drummer, and Guy, the other guitarist in the band. So, yeah, they're here with me today as well. Okay. Well, why don't each of you say hi uh, on your name so our audience knows your voices? Yeah, sorry. Uh, my name's Guy. Good day. And, uh, and I'm Will. Okay. All right. Well, when we... We, I, I hope that does it, but we'll always try to remember to, uh, to introduce you. Now, first of all, uh, thank you for taking the trouble to Skype in. I know it's only 9 a.m. in the morning there, which is usually a bit early for musicians. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. We've, had, we've had a bit earlier the last few weeks. That's all right. All right. Well, you're a hardworking musician then. Now, how did the five of you get together? What What is the genesis of Calais? Uh Well, we all met at high school um, Will and I especially started playing music together when we were about um, 12 and 13 or something like that. So we all started to get to know each other through the music program at our high school. And then by the time we got to the final years of high school, we um, yeah just started to make a band for a battle of the bands and then just recruited Tim, the singer, and um, yeah, went from there. Well... I've been to Australia, but I haven't been to Brisbane. So is, is the music scene in Brisbane a, pretty hot? Is it a good place to incubate a band? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there are some Brisbane bands absolutely killing it over here and, and overseas as well. So um, I think it's been really, really valuable for us to be based in Brisbane at the moment. Well, my Aussie friends tell me that if I go to Brisbane, I, I have to check out a place called Cloudland. You want to tell us about Cloudland? <laughs> Oh, looks like I had a nerve. What about Cloudland? Um, Cloudland, yeah, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit different. It's pretty cool. Uh, I think there's like salsa dancing nights on Thursday or something. I don't know if that's still a thing, but sometimes you can walk in there and then just there's everybody dancing together. So a great vibe, great yeah. vibe. It's yeah. a it's a great venue, but as musicians, we don't have much money, so we really can't afford to uh, get into Cloudland or buy drinks at Cloudland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully they would pay you to play there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. One day. <laughs> One day, okay. Well, we don't have to go to Cloudland or anywhere else to, to play some music. Uh, I promised our listeners that we would preview your upcoming uh, EP, Silhouette, which is going to be released next month. So here's the lead-off song. This is Rewind. I love the intro to, to, to that song. It's, it's, it's a nice combination of sounds and a really perfect transition. Uh, is that you doing the finger-picking there, Joe? 
yeah. Um, let me have a think about what's going on there. So, uh, yeah, it's me. We've got a bit of bass in there as well. And, um, yeah, just a few little kind of synth sounds in the background. So, um, yeah, a few things going on in the start, yeah. Yeah, n- nicely done, and the way you transition in into the, the the verse and the bridge there, it's really great. Now that song and all of your songs have kind of an urgency to them, uh, and I think that's partially because of the way you build, but also partially because of the riffs and the way they punctuate the verses and the chorus. So, so who writes those those wonderful things, and who does the arranging, or do you all kind of do that? Um, well. In terms of like the original ideas, um, they they can come from me or or Guy with um, with like the guitar ideas and stuff like that. And then to complete the song, we we do it all together. And then Tim generally writes the lyrics and melodies and stuff. Um, I think the urgency and building probably comes from the fact that when we first started out, we we played songs that were you know quite a bit heavier and had influences like Led Zeppelin and. Um, some heavier bands, so we we do like to hit the music hard. Um, so that's probably stayed with us through the time of being together. Yeah. Well, I, I know that um, keeping five young guys together, and everybody going to rehearsals and working on new songs, and everybody getting to the gig on time, that that can sometimes be a challenge. So, is there a leader of the group who cracks the whip, or does everybody just know what they're supposed to do and do it? Well, I, I guess the whip cracking I get really gets distributed across probably Joe and myself. <laughs> as you said, <laughs> who is that talking? Is, yeah, is at that times, guy? it can be quite difficult, sort of arranging five guys, particularly because um, being young, we all do have quite busy schedules. But in saying that, we still manage to sort of uphold a quite a high level of discipline, which is sort of what you need, I think, uh, at our age and and with music, I guess, and and sort of you know trying to trying to make a career out of it potentially. So. Um, yeah, it, it is a bit of an interesting situation at times, but we feel that we can manage it. Well, obviously you do. And you said you're young, so so what's the age range? Um, I'm the youngest at 20, and then... Uh, How old's Tim? Uh, 20... <laughs> 20 <laughs> 22. 22, yeah, it's 22. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so all right. All, I suppose all pretty close in age, yeah. Well, if you ever come to the United States, you know, you can't drink here. That's yeah. right, yeah. I've got a few months to wait, yeah. <laughs> That's right, all right. Well, uh, there's a song there that, that on the album that has kind of a different intro and a different feel, sort of ethereal. So let's listen to Fracture for a minute here. Nothing out there can restore 
that build again. Um, there's a lot going on in there, a whole lot going on in there. You've got uh, keyboards and uh, a synth and, and uh, uh, the wall of guitar sound. But, but something I really noticed there is uh, the drumming. Uh, Will, you've got a, a very precise touch. And uh, it, it really shows. It shows in all the songs, too. Now, did you create the through line in that song, or did it kind of evolve and you worked the drumming in later? Well, it's actually really funny that you asked that because um, the initial drum part idea was spawned by Joe, and I kind of did my own little touches on it. But I think it's an example of, of uh, I guess, a situation where it's really good to get some input from someone who isn't the drummer because they, they always seem to come up with a different situation that really puts you in the deep end, gets you thinking of things from a different perspective. So, yeah, it was a, quite a collaborative effort there. Well, it really shows, and and, and Will, your your drumming shows through throughout the uh, the the EP very nicely. Uh, a, a lot of uh, new bands, uh, a lot of drummers in new bands have a tendency to really lay it on hard on the snare, and particularly and overpower uh, the uh, the vocals. And you've got the balance just right. Now, I don't know if you do that live or if you do it in the studio after being yelled at by Tim, but it it works out pretty well. <laughs> right. Um. I think think it's more something that, you know, we were coming from a very heavy sort of sort of past. And uh, I think part of moving forward was not to try and hit things too hard when it comes to a chorus or when it comes to the verse. So that dynamic is really important to us now. So that could probably be the reason why in the chorus uh, and even in the verses, you're not seeing too much of that snare creeping into, you know, intrude on the vocals and, and everything else. Well, it works really well. Uh, we're talking with uh, Joe Fleming, lead guitarist for the Australian out-rock band Calais. This is a pre-recorded interview, so don't call now, but you can email your questions to us, and we will forward them to the band at uh, musicfridaylive at gmail.com, musicfridaylive at gmail.com, and we will forward them. Well, Joe, are you, um, are you planning a USA tour to support this EP? Um, maybe not for this. EP. Um, we definitely want to get over there in the future. Um, our our manager's in LA, so we want to go over there and um, see what we can do. But um, you know, we've got a few things to do here first um, before we can make the trip. So yeah, definitely in the future, but um, probably not for this exact EP. Well, I, I certainly hope we we see you. Uh... In, in the near future, I know moving five guys across the Pacific Ocean and then throughout this country is, is not an easy or inexpensive uh, process, but hopefully it'll sell a lot of records. Well, if you have a listener that wants to pay for it, or we'll come over tomorrow, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on that, okay? I'll work on that. <laughs> right. Now, uh, as you said earlier, uh, Australia produces a lot of bands, the ACDC and Air Supply and the Jezebels and Nick Cave and Men at Work and Sick Puppies and a whole lot of bands. Uh, have, any of those, have any Australian bands been your influencers? Um, well, from our heavier days, there's a band called Carnival that um, I especially listen to a lot, and they probably influence the guitar lines more more so than anything. Um, it's very like it's a very complicated, progressive kind of style of music, so it's a lot going on for a musician to listen to. So they 
um, yeah, they help that kind of element. Um, suppose, just trying to think. I think, you know, as well, potentially the local bands that we play with every time we do a show as well. Um, I think, you know, and, and this probably goes to them too. It's always a learning experience playing live with, you know, with other bands. And I think you get to learn a lot more sort of listening and watching a band live rather than just sort of sitting in the comfort of your own home or on the bus, just listening to the recorded version. So uh, I, I think every time you get on stage playing alongside different musicians, you're going to learn a lot about um, what you're doing and, and sort of how it fits relative to everything else. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, things like, we you probably don't hear it in our music, but when we play with bands like uh, Wolf Mother and Ballpark Music, you know, we're standing side stage watching them and you, you just pick up little things to work on in the future and they happened quite a while ago now, so we've tried to put a few things into our music from them, yeah. Well, whoever your influencers are, I, I actually have another way of asking that question. Um, if you were going to do a cover album uh, and all covers of Australian bands, uh, what songs would you cover? Oh, I just, I just realized we missed the big Australian influence. That's, um, that's In Excess. So I'd probably do a cover of a lot of In Excess songs, to be honest, if it was Australian okay. bands. Okay. If you Anyone could pick else? any band, if you could pick any bands in the world, what covers would you do? Any bands in the world? Jeez. Oh, Led Zeppelin for me, probably. Yeah. Led what about Zeppelin. Will? Um, I'm a. Um, I guess I'm really getting around uh, a band from the states called Cage the Elephant at the moment. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to do some of their stuff. It's really interesting, really different. Okay. <laughs> That's a big question. Isn't it? <laughs> That's a big question, yeah. Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, no, no, definitely a style by Taylor Swift. That is just really catching my attention, and I reckon we could really put on a good, good spin on that track. It's just excellent. One of the best verses I've heard in, in years. Uh, it sounds like I know what you guys are going to do when, the, when we get done with this interview. Well, right now. Uh, <laughs> Right, right now, let's let, let's return to your own original music, and uh, uh, let's play the song that you have released as a single and also as a video. This is a
I love the guitar theme in Time and Space. Um, now, Joe, is, is that just you, or are you interweaving licks with Tim and Guy on that one? Yeah, that's, um, that's Guy, and, Guy and myself at the start. So um, I think when Joe was talking about in excess influence, I think that yeah. Time and Space is, is definitely where that comes to the fore. <laughs> yeah, I'll, um, the, the guy that we had record the EP, Joel Adams, actually probably really pushed the 80s guitar tones a lot more when we recorded it. We had slightly different guitar lines um, coming into the studio and um, yeah, we just adjust them a bit and that's what you're hearing there. So we're pretty happy well, with them, yeah. It works. In, in a way, it's kind of your signature. I don't know, maybe because it is that you work with three guitars and a bass and having three instruments give you a lot of options and a lot of depth that you don't get with just one lead and a bass or even a lead and a rhythm. So do you consciously write songs that take advantage of the fact that you're working with three instruments? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I mean, we've been writing a fair bit since the last e- uh, since the EP we're listening to now, and um, I think more and more we're, we're kind of finding we have you know sections like verses and um, intros and stuff that are focusing on particular instruments, but definitely when it comes to choruses and um, even just kind of to add atmosphere, we like to play with effects and have options. So um, it's definitely good having, you know, a synth to go to or yeah, another guitar um, just to add some other elements that we feel help the song. Well, it adds a lot of depth to it. Um, And I want to uh, play, we have time for just one more song, Trial and Error, which itself is an interesting title. Uh, So let's, let's play a little bit of that. question for that one is uh, where did the title come from um tim would be the best person to ask for that um i think um what i can gather from previous conversations with him is that the song is kind of about um making the most of what you what you have in life and kind of just going from there and doing the best you can kind of thing so I think trial and error comes from the fact that, you know, we're not always going to get things right from the first time we try them um, in anything in life, not to get too deep, but um, <laughs> but it's just kind of like celebrating the fact that that's perfectly fine, I suppose, and just having a good time going on from there, yeah. Okay. 
Well, we've been having such a good time that we're out of time. So I want to remind everybody that the EP is Silhouette, and it's due out next month. And, Joe, uh, tell us uh, when and how people can pre-order it. Um, yeah, it should be available to pre-order on the 31st of March. Through, um, and you can also you get a free track with I think you get trial and error when you pre-order the EP. You get it for free or something, yeah. How about that? Okay, well, Joe Fleming, lead guitarist of the band Calais, and his bandmates there, and you can stream their music on SoundCloud. You can check out their Facebook page for latest news and maybe someday some tour dates in the United States. Thanks an awful lot, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from Cyberstation USA, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, and you'll get a real-time updates on our guests. Vote for your favorite musician on musicfriday.nationbuilder.com, and we'll do our best to invite them on the show. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Sorano. Download this and other Music Friday programs at Music Friday Live on the Blog Talk Radio Network. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Music Friday Live. And while you're on our website or our show site, subscribe to our RSS feed and you won't miss a single show. And check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page and we'll update you on the guests for next week. We're working on some real surprises for next week. In the meantime... Have a great musical weekend, and here's some more of that wonderful trial and error.